Hello, my friends. Nick Labretti here for JRCigars.com, and we are having such a ball down here in Florida. Obviously, you guys have been checking out our Florida content over the past few weeks, but very special stop today at one of the coolest offices in the cigar industry I've ever been to. We're hanging out at the Alec Bradley headquarters, and we are here with one of the namesakes himself of Alec and Bradley, Alec Bradley, the whole company, everything Bradley, Alec, Rubin related, here's the guy. We are talking to Mr. Bradley Rubin of Alec and Bradley. Bradley, thank you so much for having us, first of all. Thank you guys for coming. I appreciate you guys stopping by. No, absolutely, absolutely. So how, how are things down here in Fort Lauderdale? Always sunny. No, it, Always sunny in Fort Lauderdale. It's been a little cloudy since we I know, it's been, raining like a, it's been raining a lot. Um, you guys probably came in like the worst week. It's, really? Yeah, Was it like nice little, before this? Yeah, you guys brought the bad weather. But it's all right, because we're used to it. Well, when, when's like the bad season? When's like the, the... You would think it's not summer, but it's definitely summer, because you never know when it's going to rain. Right. It could happen at any time, hurricane season, so. Do you guys get like full rainy days, or usually those Florida like half hour rainstorms? Half hour, an hour, could happen two times, three times a day, all like spaced out. You never, but you really like never know what's going to happen that uh, day. But there's always usually sun at some point. At some point. That's great because we'll have three or four days of just like, oh, it's just overcast and rainy. To have sun every day, it's beautiful. It really is. It's it really beautiful. almost. I almost consider moving down here, but I don't, there's, there's dinosaurs walking around. <laughs> and it, there's, it's just I can't do it. But we have a lot to talk about today. It's yeah. first of all honor being here. You've showed us your offices where everything's done. Um, amazing cigar collection, obviously, where all your stuff is packaged. Really, uh, really cool operation you guys have here. But we got to start off talking about the samples we're smoking right now, because yeah. this is a cigar, one of the, my most, ex the cigars I'm most excited about for our 50th anniversary. Um, and this should be coming out right around now, actually, as this, as this, as this video is, uh, is being put out. This is the Alec and Bradley Wagyu A5. I'm not gonna add the JR 50th. I've been adding the JR 50th onto one, but this one is works on its own. But it's the Bra Alec and Bradley Wagyu A5. Tell us a little bit about first the the concepts mm -hmm. for this cigar, and then we'll talk a little bit about the blend. Yeah. So this was something that we wanted to make special for JR, but also for you, Nick. Oh. Um, you know, you came to us. You wanted to do something special for the JR customers and consumers. And Alec and I went through a bunch of, uh, of ideas that we had, and we settled on this Wagyu A5, the, the highest end steak, the most hard to get, only in Japan. People say they get it in the States, they but don't. it's usually fake. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not real. So we wanted to come out with something that was special, hard to get, unique. You can only get it one place. I, I appreciate you guys looking at me and be like, he would like a steak-themed, <laughs> some kind of buffet cigar <laughs> he would enjoy. Listen, I follow you on Instagram, and I see your steak skills, yeah. and so I was like, this is the perfect project for well, you. Well, I'm a, a connoisseur like yourself, that means a lot to me, so I appreciate it. <laughs> so we really wanted something that was going to pair well with the steak. Um, they just kind of go hand in hand, and everyone likes to enjoy a cigar with their steak, and I know that you do. Absolutely, absolutely. I got to say... Concept-wise, and by this point, you know people will will have seen the uh, the box. It, it's so cool that we arrived here in Fort Lauderdale, and the cigars actually we have these samples, but the cigars actually arriving like within the next 24 hours to your warehouse, which is uh, absolutely insane timing. The box art is incredibly cool. 
Are, are you a little mad? Not, not, I'm not going to say that you wasted it on us, but are you a little mad? Like, man, we could have made this ourselves. and just done it. <laughs> uh, I'm never mad because it's so cool. And like to see your reaction from yeah. it is that's all we hope for it uh, is that people see the box and they're like, oh my God, I, I got to have that cigar right. or I got to have the box just so I can hold on to it. That is what brings me happiness is seeing someone just look at something and be like, oh my God, I got to have it. Because it's one of those so rarely, I mean, with, with anything creative, but you know, in the cigar industry, uh, that's because the industry we're in, you have a vision and sometimes it's hard for you to kind of display that vision or you ask them like, like I'm, in, I'm, I'm picturing it, but it can't, it's hard for me for me to tell you what it looks like. So when I was talking to you guys, I'm like, and I, I want to, you know, I'm imagining like very butcher, you know, like a cow, like, you know what I'm saying? And you guys are like, yeah, I'm like, I feel like they don't get it. And then when you show me the first content art, I'm like, wow, they nailed it with the knife and the, and the, and the cow, like with the dotted line. I'm like, this looks exactly as I was picturing. And it's, it's beautiful and it's authentic and and I love how I love the even the wood you guys choose for the box, the handle I think is my favorite part. Yeah, the tech like the handle having that texture to it I think is crazy. I do have to ask you because I I know you guys told me but I forget the Japanese letters on it. Do you remember what that is? It stand for Jr. Is it for Alec and Bradley? I know you guys told me. Oh, I, I definitely I, told you, but I definitely forget <laughs> as well. It probably stands for Alec and Bradley and Wagyu or Jr. Um, I'm so, the fact that I forget, put this on video because we forget things. Um, but yeah, I definitely forget, but I will get back to you on what it stands for, for sure. You know what? First person to decipher what it is and, and let us know, we'll do, so, we'll, we'll do something. We'll do a special video for you and we'll send it to you on Instagram. First person who can decode what the Japanese lettering is on the Wagyu box. It was definitely, it was definitely like something simple, like Alec and Bradley or yeah, JR 50th. For sure. Yeah. Now. You and your brother work um, together, on obviously, on, on all these projects. It seems like, you know, obviously you both have your input on the other's field, but you deal a lot with the creative. He deals a lot with the blend, but you still, like, had to have final approval on blend. He still has to have final approval on creative. Correct. So tell me a little bit about the blend, first of all. Mm -hmm. And when he, I know he brought some sample back from, from uh, Honduras. What were your first initial reactions when we when you guys were like testing these blends out? So he brought back two main blends that he was like, I think that these are going to work. He had a few others, but he's like, I feel the most confident in these two. Um, and they were labeled M1, M2. Um, the reason for the M was the Mexican San Andreas wrapper on them. Uh, I don't know what the differences in the blend were, but for the one that we picked, uh, it, like I said, the Mexican San Andreas wrapper, Habano, binder, uh, and then... A, it was like four different fillers. It was Hamastron, it was Kubita, it was Broadleaf, and it was something else. It was Ometepe, that's what it was. And me and Alec discussed it. We were like, we want something beefy, mm. you know, juicy, something that you brought up. And we're like, we don't know how to get juicy into a cigar, but we'll figure it out. Um, and we smoked these blends, I don't know, 10 different times, like, okay, well, this one has this characteristics and this one has the other one. And we really went back and forth and it was just decided like which one is an overall better cigar because right. we think that it has all the characteristics that we want. And we both said Mexican San Andreas one is just the better cigar. Right. We, we like it more, we see ourselves smoking it more. Uh, and then we wanted your thoughts and it seemed like it was an overall agreement that 
you guys like that same blend as well. Well, you know, talking about the, you know, the, the steak and everything, like it makes sense because when you look at the kind of recipe you have here uh, and the different tobaccos, now obviously, you know, there's the generic profiles you get from certain kinds of tobacco that, you know, like certain regions are known for. But when you look at Ometepe and we look at Broadleaf and Yamas, like they each kind of have these individual characteristics that they're known for that are each coming through in the cigar, but also that each come through in a steak. So you have the richness and the heaviness from the Broadleaf and the San Andreas, a little bit of that sweetness from San Andreas if you're mm -hmm. using like a dry rub. Omatepe, you got a little bit of that smokiness that comes through the Yamastron. From what I remember about Yamastron, it's a little sweeter as, as well. So it has these kind of different flavors that you would find in at least my ideal, you know, ribeye steak. Mm -hmm. And you guys mimic that through tobaccos. It's it, it was it was genius work. Not to deviate from the 50th too much, but you brought up an interesting point that I want to touch on. You said you had these two blends and you were going back and forth. How often when you're working on, a on let's say, Kintsugi, which we'll get to uh, in a minute, mm -hmm. and you're going back and forth, do you pick your ideal blend, but then you're like, this other one is good, but for something else? Like, does that happen often, or do you just scratch that one and... It happens all the time, where we, you're, we're trying to figure out a specific cigar for a specific project, and there's another good cigar that comes along, but then you might not have the right project for it, right. or you're like, well, we didn't pick it, so... Maybe it's not actually as good as we thought, or you smoke it on later again. You're like, okay, this isn't you know what we thought it was back when we were trying it. So there's all these different different uh, scenarios that happen, and we try to hold on to these blends so we can use them for something else because right. they are enjoyable. We do think people will like them, but you know our warehouse is just a warehouse full of cigars. There right. is not like all right, here's a project, here's another project. It's just right. like. Go look in the box, see what you find. See what you find. And uh, check the blend code, and we'll see if it works or not. Yeah, yeah, because I got to imagine, like, I mean, like you said with the with the Wagyu, is sometimes like, no, nah, this ended up just being the better cigar. But sometimes it's like, no, this one is equally as good, but the flavor isn't what I want it to be for this project. Mm -hmm. And then you guys would just call it kind of like, what, keep it on the back burner, and then like, would you make a new idea around that one, or would you wait for an opportunity more so? It depends, um, because. They are similar profiles meant for the same right. project, and we don't want to give someone else something that was similar to what you have. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, you, the Wagyu A5 is for JR, and we don't want someone to have something that's similar to that. And they're like, oh, well, we have basically the same exact cigar. Come get it here. Right. So right. we want something exclusive to be exclusive, and there's nothing else like it. And, you know, that cigar, maybe it does get used for something else, but probably right. not because that's important to us. Now, just kind of branching out a little bit here, when you guys are working on a blend for anything, so we'll, we'll take Kitsugi, for example, to kind of give people more, a more general sense. Wagyu, mm -hmm. obviously your guys' procedure is a lot of the same that you would do for, for any blend, but because it's specific to JR, let's you know, broaden the, the conversation. Kitsugi, did the idea start with Kitsugi, like the Japanese artwork form with the goal, or did it start with a blend that you had and then worked a concept around that. Where, where, did it, where did the idea begin? That started with Kintsugi. With Kintsugi. Yeah, and that's where I find myself in terms of the process of coming out with the new brand. That's where I find myself going towards is what brand do I want to come out with? What's right. the name? What's the artwork? What's the style? What have we come out with? What haven't we come out with? So we can continue to get something new, something different that's not always in our repertoire. So did you have an idea like obviously with wagyu it's like all right we want it meaty it just made sense with the with the topic 
did you have an idea of like what you wanted this to taste like? Like, oh, I want it to be on the sweeter side. I, I kind of want to use, you know, kind of this tobacco. I want it to, or did you just start kind of like working on various blends and then see what fits? So Alec was the one that went down to Honduras to blend Kintsugi. We talked about um, what it is that we both wanted for the cigar. And I said, I wanted something light. I want something mild to medium with, you know, these complex sweet notes, but also a little bit of spice to it and like this woody nuttiness. Mm -hmm. And Alec completely understood what it was that we were shooting for. And I was like, but I don't want a Connecticut. I want mm -hmm. a light wrapper because we're going with this elegant artwork, white, which usually you know, signals to a lighter cigar. Yeah. You know, if you see dark black all over a box, you think it's gonna be a heavy. Heavy, heavy, richer, exactly. kind of spicier so, too. So let's go complex, let's go something mild to medium, but an everyday smoker. Um, and Alec brought back two blends, but it was a clear winner that the one that we both liked, the more, uh, liked most was the Kintsugi blend. Um, and it was just a no-brainer. It was probably the easiest, not easiest, but um, one of the easier decisions to make when choosing right. a cigar. Because, I mean, sometimes you kind of, especially when it's a little, not that I'm not going to say that it was open-ended, but it was a little more like, here's, you know, what, when you were trying to do the Wagyu, I hope, by the way, I wasn't being too difficult. I was just kind of throwing out terms like, oh, yeah, meaty, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and hoping you guys knew what I was talking about. Uh, but when it's something like this, where it's like, I have like these kind of smaller ideas of what I want it to be. I don't know, maybe he, because he had a little more leeway, he's kind of like, he was just, you know, feeling himself and that's why it was so easy. But I have to say, you know, we've been a, a big fan of, of everything you guys have done. Thank you. Overall, I, I love the Wagyu. The Wagyu was right <laughs> up my alley. And everyone out there, you're going to see that if you, any of my heavy recommendations that I've made in the past few years, this is right down Main Street but even elevated a little bit because it really gets those specific, like I still can't believe it. Like it gets those specific like meat steaky tones, but overall from concept to design to construction to complexity and what the cigar does and what, what still angers me overall value. I think the Kintsugi is, is not only my favorite overall project from Alec and Bradley. I think it's, it's, a contender for cigar. It would have been contender for cigar of the year. <laughs> I know. If somebody didn't decide to hold, oh, we've got to hold off. The the, the 15th biggest list in the cigar industry. <laughs> we would have had you. We would I have know. had you. This is, a, this is a top two. Top two. Easy. It was, it was, it was there. We were so, we still don't. We were so mad. Because it was a tough year. There wasn't that many releases. There were some very good ones, but there wasn't that many, like... I remember two years ago, there was just like, that's when, when Gatekeeper first came out. Yeah. It was like Murderer's Row that year. Like, yeah. It was tough. The Tricky Trocky came out. I'm not going to name a bunch, but it was, it was a <laughs> tough year. Yeah. Um, but this year was like, not, I'm not going to say it was slower, but with COVID, stuff got spaced out. There was a little like uh, memory bias where maybe something was released in March and you kind of, because there was no trade show. There was, there, was, there was no moment where you get to try all these things and kind of determine which one you like best mm -hmm. at once. The minute we smoked that, we were like, son of a... <laughs> we were so mad. But, what again, what are these average... Like, this is the, what, the Toro size? That's Toro, so it probably is like $8. That's robbery. On, like, you're MSRP, getting robbed. Yeah. You're getting robbed. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, I'm wearing this shirt and you're getting robbed, okay? <laughs> yeah, we wanted something that was affordable, something that people would love, and the packaging is just striking, so they feel like you know, it's worth it for the money and right. that they're getting a value, and that's something that is very important to us at Alec Bradley or Alec and Bradley is that we want people, when they smoke our cigars, to go, you know, I'm stealing from this company. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. At, but like, also being pretty friendly with, with you and your brother, I'm like, I feel like I'm stealing with you as a customer, but also like, well, really, guys, I'm telling you, like, you can, if you can charge more for this, like, people will be okay with it. Yeah. I'm trying to, trying to help you out here, man. Um, so on a, on a lighter note, when it comes to, because obviously you guys still do a tremendous amount of work for, I don't want to call it the Umbrella Company, but Alec Bradley Incorporated, we'll call it. The main, sure. the main, you know, uh, company the that, that the you're- The king. The king, yeah. I don't want to say that because you guys are like Dukes now. You're, <laughs> you're there. Uh so you still have several responsibilities working on those brands. Like I know you guys were, at least from what I remember, heavily involved in like the new Project 40 Maduro that just came out. Mm -hmm. Did your dad ever get like peyote you guys? Like stop wasting time on your gold box. Like I need you to, I need you to go sling Prensado for me. Is there ever that kind of back and forth? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. You know, <laughs> we're always very detail oriented. Mm -hmm. So, and I, that's something that I've personally learned from my father is, you know, I've seen him work on the same artwork from the box to the band for a year. Mm. And it's because we want the presentation to be at its finest. Right. And for Kintsugi, we spent six months on it. And then he kind of chirped in my ear a little bit and was like, hey, I, I, you should take a look at this again. Like, I know you're almost done, but it's not really what it should be. Take a second look. And then we restarted. And at the end of the day, to answer your question, because I was going off somewhere complete, no, no, please, completely, please. completely different, um, you know, he's like, you guys need to make sure that Alec Bradley is being focused on and not just Alec and Bradley. Right. That's, you know, Alec Bradley, you know, feeds families. Um, you know, we have 25 plus employees. Like Alec Bradley is the most important and Alec and Bradley is important, but you got to make sure that you spend enough time focusing on the Alec Bradley stuff. Yeah, which which I can under which I can understand. But from, you know, I... I Listen, our our friendship that you know that we kind of have fostered over the past few years really started. I think it was two trade shows ago when I I interviewed uh, your dad. I think that was the second time I ever interviewed him. And then he's like, "Hey, would you?" And I didn't. I knew you guys existed because like of the name. Yeah. But I always pictured you guys like these little kids. I'm like, oh yeah, they're still like little kids like running around somewhere and they named a cigar after him. But it's like, can I bring? Like, you know, my sons are heavily involved now. I I I want to say it was 2018. So blind faith might have been. Was it dropped then or was announced? Yeah. We, I know we didn't have it because it was retail only at that point. Yes, moment, that right? was correct. So, yeah, so we didn't have it at JR. It was like, can I bring my sons over? And I were just being very impressed and then, you know, kind of BSing with you guys afterwards. And I was just like, these guys just, they get it. And to have the established knowledge of your of your dad who came up in, like, I don't want to call it the, the depression of the cigar era, but close to the boom and then post-boom era. And you're, how many brands didn't make it out at that time? Like yeah, the, tons. Know, late 90s. Tons. And your dad did rose to, I mean, he's, he's one of the, the five families, if you will, of the, of the cigar industry. <laughs> yeah. But to see you guys take that knowledge and still... Welcome to Florida. Um, honestly, I, it's a cooler sound than the airplanes we get by us. Because yeah. we get a lot of just like, local douches in their prop jobs <laughs> yeah. flying around. Um, but to get... This is normal people flying over. Yeah, this is, this is, this is, they're going on business. They have business going on. 
<laughs> this is guys this again is dressed in this dressed in this shirt, going on golf vacations. <laughs> um, but to have that kind of established knowledge, but also what I think that you guys do really well. And maybe there's a benefit of having like, all right, so we have, you know, our dad who has given us knowledge over the years, but you guys are really in tune with the industry, exceptionally in tune. And I say that because one of my non-humble things is I feel like I'm very in tune with the industry and we always seem to be agreeing like, oh yeah, that's, this company's doing it right. This looks really cool. We kind of just get where it's going. Mm -hmm. Um, so does your dad, like, obviously you guys have, I'm guessing, mostly creative freedom on, on Alec and Bradley. By the way, you should have it on Alec Bradley, too, because at the end of the day, it's, <laughs> I do, your, it's I your... I do not. It's, I your, do not. it's your name. And you can be like, you know what? You know what? Call it something else then, Dad. All right? He's still the owner. He still makes the decision. <laughs> so uh, I do bring stuff to him, and he's like, you're joking. Um, <laughs> make this look like it's at, like it belongs in our portfolio. Well, so that that's my next question. Is there ever something where you'll have... Uh, again because we're simpatico. I don't think this is an insane idea. I think this is a really cool, well-thought-out idea. But in terms of, like, your standard kind of cigar releases, definitely a little more outside the box. Mm-hmm. Do you kind of bring him stuff? And he's like, that's not an Alec Bradley product. That's an Alec and Bradley product. How, how do those conversations kind of go? Yeah, it usually goes like that. Where <laughs> I, I, no. I, I have my, my notes of names from the past four years, and I add to it you know, as often as I can, or if I see something or I hear something that's cool. And then I think about it or discuss it with some people. And I'm like, you know, is this a, could this be a thing? Like, Mm. could this be really, really cool? And then I'm like, well, does that work for Alec Bradley or does it work for Alec and Bradley? And most of the stuff, it usually works for Alec and Bradley because it's my brain, not my father's. And I'm trying to think of something that looks like Kintsugi or Gatekeeper blind faith mm. and how we make it fun and, and different where Alec Bradley has such a wide range of, you know, you have black market, which is comes in the cool right. crate box or you have Prensado and Tempest, which is more classic and traditional. So, you know, there's, there's a, a line, but I don't always know where that right. line is. Where, 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 like where it kind of falls. So that actually brings me to something. Um, wh- when did you and your brother really start actively working for Alec Alec Bradley as a whole. And I, mm-hmm. I don't mean like your dad like having you in the factory like go sweep up the floor, which I, I know he probably did. But I mean in terms of actually contributing creatively, mm-hmm. when did that kind of start? So I started in 2017. I started two weeks before the trade show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just kind of like throw me in there, start you know doing interviews when I knew nothing about cigars right. or tobacco. You're like I'm going to be a face of the company because my name is on it and you're going to travel and do events. So he was like, this is kind of your role, but also figure out where exactly your role is, like inside the office. Like, you know, it it was me coming in was an opportunity for me, for my dad to not travel and be the face. And now that me and Alec were working, it was our time and opportunity to get to know everyone, for people to know us. Um, I know you guys like separately from being Alan Rubin's sons, like, no, you're going to know Alec and Bradley Rubin as individuals and what we're bringing to the table. Yeah, so we got the opportunities to travel to the factories. Um, you know, my first, at mine and Alec's first trip was late 2017. Um, and then it wasn't too long after that that we're like, hey, let's come out with our own cigars. Um, so he let us figure out where our roles were, like on our own. Right. But also 
you know, he's done traveling. He's been right. doing it for, tw you know, 20 plus years. Yeah, he's putting his miles. Yeah, he's he's done enough. And now is our opportunity to continue the brand, have people know us and be excited about us coming out instead of just him. That That's a really, uh, I, I always think that the, the, the Ruben family is, is, is the, the story is amazing. I've talked to your dad about how he kind of not set you guys up, but like let you guys kind of carve your own path, not to steal John Hoover's saying, but... Uh, <laughs> kind of carve your own path, provide a guidance when, when needed, but really let you guys kind of work, work it out on your own. Um, but I, I ask you when you start, because, you know, the, this, you were talking about this kind of line, like where does it kind of become Alec and Bradley style? The black market, which has been, uh, oh, 10 years, eight, eight, nine. Plus 10, I think. The filthy hooligan, like that, it, that very much is Alec and Bradley style. Sure. And it's, your most popular, it's the most popular Alec Bradley item. Trust me, I know. This is stuff that we talk about. You know, there's there's certain brands that are, we call it, we, we put our brands into some categories. Right. One is the funky category. One is the traditional or classic category. And Black Market, Magic Toast, Project 40s, Max, um, they all kind of fall within that funky. And then Prinsado, Tempest, Connecticut, and so on, you know, they fall within that. Uh, and within the, the traditional, traditional or classic. Yeah. Um, so it's always tough to say what falls within where, you know, what name are you going to use? Does that name depict something that needs an image? Or is it something that you can do without needing an image like Prinsado or Tempest right. where it's a little bit more elegant? I mean, I think that it, it's it's so cool that, because many companies don't have the availability to do that, um, Regardless of how good the blends are, like, you know, a lot of companies, you know, I'll, I'll say Altidus because I've been, you know, obviously they're our sister company and we do, I, I've been very impressed with their work lately. Um, blends, I think, across the board in the industry right now are modernizing. People are kind of getting with the picture and, and doing more complex, going to, you know, really heavy into Nicaragua, finding, you know, new, spicier, stronger. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of the creativity, I think you're right. I think it usually falls into... You could still have something that's traditional and looks really cool, but overall it falls into that traditional or it falls into that kind of funky. Not a lot of companies can kind of pull off both. Like mm -hmm. literally at the same, oh, this year we're coming out with the L whatever 1805, very traditional. We're also coming out with, you know, Johnny Finger Guns, like at the same time. <laughs> it's it's kind of, but you guys, like, like I said, I was, I thought maybe even at a young age, you and your brother had some input in the black market because it's a very unique for the Alec Bradley line, a very unique offering. Mm -hmm. And the filthy hooligan especially yeah. with with the the green box, the name, that brings me to my, my next little topic because, you know, in terms of cult cigars, in terms of holiday release cigars, I mean, you know, there's there's really two holidays where there's there's one company that dominates that holiday. Yeah. We all know what Halloween is. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I we'll talk to you about later because sure. I think I think me and you can come up with some stuff. But for then sure. there's St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. And there's only one cigar that matters <laughs> during like almost the entire month of March. Mm -hmm. Well, two now, technically. So we have the Filthy Hooligan and then the other, the name is escaping me. of Shamrock. The Shamrock. Correct. So Filthy Hooligan came out a couple years ago. It used to be all Candela. Correct. I'm going to be honest. I always loved Aww. the packaging. Okay. But when it was just Candela, I'm not just not a Candela guy. Oh, good. I, yeah, that's I, why yeah. it's discontinued for you. Yeah, I'm like for I'm you, Nick. I'm just like I'm not a Candela guy. I know. I, I think I heard like in the '70s, it was like 80 percent of all cigars in the U.S. were Candela wrapped, and I'm mm -hmm. like, that's 
Insane. they did. What the hell were they doing? <laughs> like when you watch like like The Godfather, like they're all smoking candelas. Yeah, Ugh, they're yeah. not. They're not real men. <laughs> but because uh, it's just for me, it's just very. It's it's from a construction standpoint, it's just very fragile too. Like it's oh, hard yeah. to. I can imagine you guys. Like it's hard to deal with. But I loved the concept. So it was always one of my favorites when I was working in our retail store to get to, that time you get to push, you know, you put the little hat on and get to push <laughs> Filthy Hooligan. But that brand has really surpassed being just like, oh, a cool idea. We're going to paint this black market box green. The blends have now gotten amazing. So tell us a little bit about the blending for the Filthy Hooligan. And then I also want to talk about the emergence of the Shamrock as kind of its partner. Yeah, so it's really not too crazy. It's uh, exactly what it sounds like. It's a black market just with a Candela barber pole on it. Mm. Um, and then the Shamrock, which came out, I believe, two or three years uh, three years ago, mm-hmm. um, that just has a Habano wrapper added to that. So it's, it's triple. Triple right. wrap. And, uh, and to let you know about part of my journey within Alec Bradley, that was one of the first that was the first brand that I had creative control of for the artwork. Oh, wow. Um, so they told me, Ralph, our vice president, said we're coming out with this triple wrap barber pole for St. Patrick's Day. I need you to come up with a name and artwork. You have a month. And I was like, that's impossible. Like, I've never done this before. And like, yeah, yeah, but you got to figure it out like, really soon. <laughs> Throw you in the water, baby. Yeah, so that was the first one I ever got to have my full control of. And uh, the band's the artwork on the Vista, everything, except I couldn't figure out what the top of the box should look like. Cause mm. I'm like, we do the the black and the, the green on the top of the other box, so do we do just the triple? And I'm like, it just doesn't seem right. And I did have to go to my father and be like, hey, what do we do here? Right. Like, please help me out. Well, it was your first one, so like, that's that's fine. Yeah. You know, your first time driving, like, you're gonna ask your dad for a few pointers. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're not just gonna hit the highway. Yeah. So he helped me out, it was, it was great. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now, we're gonna do it, not live, but we're doing it on the show right now. I have the idea for the third entry of the St. Patty's Day line, and and it it it, it fits perfectly because it follows the trajectory. You have the Filthy Hooligan, which is a dual wrapper. Yeah. You have the Shamrock, which is a three wrapper. So then you do a four wrapper, and you call it what? What do you call it? I have no idea. The four leaf clover. The four leaf clover. And there it is. All right, everyone. Thanks for watching. <laughs> call my dad. My dad's gonna get the patent. I, I think I gotta call my dad. So that's like that's like a local because my dad's an attorney. He, he works for the prosecutor's office, but we have a few uh, feisty Italians who work in our office who are very like every time they have they think they have the newest idea. They're like, yeah. call your dad. I gotta get a patent on this. <laughs> I want uh, it's a auto heating truck roof, so the snow melts on the truck. Um, he's gonna be so mad. He's gonna be so mad. I can't wait. <laughs> what was the oh the the calzone zone? <laughs> it was a it was a place that just sold calzones and like everything was you know. It, we got crazy people working in our office. <laughs> but I think the Alec Bradley... That's, no, that's an Alec and Bradley. I'm giving it to you guys. Oof. The Alec and Bradley, four-leaf clover, four... I don't even know if that's possible. Four different I rapper. Know. I didn't think three was. Do you... Do you I, I know you, got, you get down... Not during COVID, but you got mm-hmm. down to the factories quite often. Have you seen the process of them doing, like, triple rappers like that? Like, it must I be insane. Not, I have not, but I, I've heard that it is awesome to watch. Do you guys have a problem when it comes to, like... The shade color, it's it's an issue we run into a lot in like online retail when you're trying to, you know, Colorado and, you know, some people are, you know, they'll call their wrapper a Maduro, but like more in the color sense than in the flavor, it, it, I feel like it gets very confusing. Do you guys often run into this problem? Yes, all the time. <clears throat> so we'll see. 
people that just they're reviewing our cigars and it's a dark wrapper and they say, oh, this is a Maduro. Yeah. But it's not a Maduro because Maduro is just like a this general color. Right. But if you go darker, then it could be Oscuro. And if you go back a little bit, it's this. So like the, the word Maduro gets thrown around a lot. So I saw someone reviewing our Gatekeeper, which is an Ecuadorian Habano. And it's a little dark, but it's not very dark. And like, oh, this is clearly a, uh, uh, a Maduro wrapper. And I'm like, it's not. It's not at all. I think it, it's just an old-fashioned way. Like, before people really got... I feel like in this, you know, with the advent of the internet and then websites, you know, and reviewers, like, people are just much more involved. They they just know the aspects better. They know the terminology. They know the seed varieties. They know the process a lot better. I feel like this whole, like, the shade coloring is very turn-of-the-century, like, 1900s, and it was just their way of describing, like... Oh yeah, generally, if it looks like this, it's gonna kind of taste like this. So that's where the, but Colorado, Colorado Claro, Maduro, Escudo. Sometimes, especially for our customers, it can just get very, very confusing. So I, I, I've been advocating strongly for its removal from the from <laughs> I agree. the. I think in the factory setting, because um, I know it's important then to kind of determine, you know, especially when you need to keep wrapper color consistent. It's very important to make sure, like, oh, we got to make sure that all these wrappers look alike. That's fine, but when it comes to talking about a cigar, like, oh, we're selling our brand new Kitsugi has a Colorado Claro variety wrap. It's like, no, people aren't going to know what that means. No. Just, but, what, but my question is, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but my question is, Kitsugi is not a Connecticut, like you said. No. But it's also not a Colorado. No. So what would you say that it is? I would say it's a Honduran Criollo 98. Like, gotcha. I wouldn't even get into the color specifics of, like, it It just confuses everything. Like, this is the, the specific tobacco, and then there's a range of the color. Because that's something that we have to deal with is what is that range? What is acceptable? And some people, when they're making cigars, will say, this is the range that's acceptable. And the people making it will say, okay, that's fine, but you're only going to get... 500 boxes a month. All right, give me a wider range. All right, you want this much? All right, now you can get 1,000 boxes a month. So depending on what your range is, right. that is how many cigars that you will be getting. Exactly. Are you asking, like, like what is the, what is the kind of, like, like what, the, what is the old-timey name? Like, like, is that, like, like if this well, cigar not, came out and, like... It's not that. It's just, it's not, I, don't, I don't care about the old-timey name. I'm mm-hmm. caring about now. Like, because we always discuss it was Connecticut... Colorado than Maduro, right? Those are yeah, really there's and there's like seven in between Candela, there. Yeah. We all know Candela's green. There's nothing. Well, there's also, there's English market selection. There's American market selection. There's that. That's what I'm yeah, saying is there's I, these names that like have no meaning anymore, but people still insist on like using it to describe the product. And it's, I feel like it's just confusing people. Like this conversation's kind of, you know, confusing right, for us. But yeah. But that's where I would say right now is that like, in theory, I haven't really seen, like, so basically you would say, not, like, an Illusione is more of a Colorado, but not a Kitsugi color, like, wrapper, right? Like, because then you would say that's Colorado. So, I, you know what I mean? Like, it is very confusing. I, we've always tried to, because it's more of an educational thing, we try to simplify wrapper color to make it easier for everybody right. to understand. But the problem is, is those in-between Connecticut to Colorado to Colorado to Maduro. Now I'd say maybe Nicaraguan might have that maybe in between. So, but then you have Kintsugi, which I have not really seen that color wrapper. You know, I've never seen that color wrapper on really anything. But see, that's that's also the point is uh, 
like a lot of these terms were made when it was essentially just Cubans and there was only there there was no rapper that looked Claro esque that wasn't Connecticut back then. Like like if it looked like that, like that lighter color, mm-hmm. it was a Connecticut. There was no like looked like this, but it's this Honduran hybrid Criollo where it's gonna have a lot of spice to it. Nicaragua tobacco, like these 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 terms were created, and I understand their their need and use at the time. Like English market selection or EMS was made to determine this wrapper is a good enough color to be sold in Europe. That's literally what it meant. So I understand their uses then, but now people still try to like use them as descriptors. But I'm like they're they're not reliable now. They're not no. oh, what's the word I'm looking for relevant. Like they, they, there's there's no point to them anymore. No, because yeah, those those there's too many there's like too many Suki's a special yeah. color. There's too many in betweens. Yeah. there's way too many in betweens. And, and and just because the cigar that you're looking at is one color doesn't mean that a different box from that same exact cigar exactly. is not slightly different because we do need to have a range or you guys will never get cigars out. Right. And there's also an expectation when any when anyone says Maduro now because of like the fermentation process it goes through and, and, and the, the sugars and everything, mm-hmm. there's an expectation of a certain kind of flavor. But sometimes people will say Maduro just, and I'm talking about manufacturers will come out and say this about a product <laughs> just because it's darker but it will not have any flavor aspect that one would expect from a, like a Project 40 Maduro. Yeah. And so it's just confusing people like, wait, is it Maduro? Is it not? It's just, I think it's, an, it, it's, it's my, my pet passion project, <laughs> my, my triple P as it were, to I kind like, of... I feel like it should be like light, medium, dark Colorado. Here's light, the thing. Medium, dark Maduro, light, medium, dark Colorado, yeah. Connecticut, uh, like Connecticut or... Uh... But Maduro, that's the thing, Maduro is... People think that Maduro is a wrapper. That it's like, oh, this is a Maduro leaf, but it's not. Maduro is the classification of color. So it's just, it's difficult. yeah. It really is. And it's, it's, like I said, with everybody being so educated now, and like, listen, we're all here, like industry insiders. So like we have, we, we have to know this stuff. But you'd be surprised. You go to an Alec and Bradley event and you ask somebody buying a Kintsugi, do you know what? A Habano rapper is, and most likely they will. Like people are educated enough now that I feel like it's just a very general, outdated, like old, almost old west type of way. Like, oh, there's a Colorado cigars because like that's just, and people are gonna assume it's gonna yeah. kind of taste like this where we just don't don't need it anymore. Um, but I'm glad to see that like I'm not the only one who's confused. I thought I was an idiot. I'm glad to see I'm not the only one who's con- who's confused by this. I'm still learning, and I'm still trying to figure out all the wrapper colors as well as the seed varietals and the regions and everywhere is different right just because it's called that doesn't mean that somewhere somewhere uh someplace somewhere else that they're not calling that same exact tobacco something else right like there's no stopping a a grower to say that you know this tobacco is not actually this tobacco right and and i connecticut is an example where like although they have their similarities connecticut shade versus ecuadorian connecticut for anybody with half a palate, there's definitely a difference in, in smoke. Now, they're both good in their own way, and they both work well, usually with a more mellow blend. But I, definitely you and, and your brother and your dad, but I, I'm pretty sure that even me and Rick could pick out the difference between a Connecticut shade versus an Ecuadorian Connecticut in mm-hmm. front of it. And it's the same exact seed, but just yeah. grown in a different place, different soil, different environment. Yeah, I'm actually surprised they're as similar as they are, considering you can't get much further apart than... 
you know, New Haven and Ecuador. Mm -hmm. But, um, so yeah, it, it really depends. I mean, that's why I think, and this is kind of segues into my next topic, is why Nicaragua and Honduras have just been really blowing up the past few years is because, listen, I love Dominican cigars. They're kind of the first post-Cuban, like, boom was mm -hmm. coming out of, the, out of the DR. But I'm starting to find now some of them can be a little, not, not one note, but you can get very similar tobacco on opposite sides of the DR, whereas in Nicaragua and Honduras, you can throw a stone and you can get a totally different kind of tobacco. Is yeah. that kind of what contributing to like this Honduran and Nicaraguan boom the past 10 years is the versatility? I think it's part of it is the versatility, but I think it's been more of the market mm. demand is that people are wanting these strong, bold cigars. And that's why Nicaragua has been like the leader. Everyone, right. you know, you, you put Nicaragua on a cigar and people are like, oh, I got to have that because right. I love Nicaraguan tobacco. So there, there's really just been a market trend of people saying, oh, I love this cigar. It mainly has Nicaraguan tobacco. I love Nicaraguan tobacco. We do a lot of Honduran um, tobacco, but it's always a blend. It's always a Honduran-Nicaraguan blend. Um, I don't think we have one Honduran Puro cigar um, because we love, we love that Nicaraguan flavor, and that's what adds complexity, what adds your transitions and your, your mass amounts of flavors, and that's what we're always going for. We want a cigar that's going to be so flavorful, and we we think sometimes that that hurts us. That right. that some people, uh, some other brands, that they want you know a mild to medium flavor, um, and that people like that. And that's just not our style. We want just heavy flavor. I mean, I I think everybody, I think people who really don't like don't really they smoke cigars more for the status. They don't want an insane amount of flavor. It's the same people who drink coffee just for the caffeine they don't need an intense amount of flavors to it they just need i just need a caffeine injection some people just need a cigar in their mouth but i think you guys don't just have like intense flavor you have nuanced flavor like it it just works very well together um and i gotta say i think we're in the midst of a honduran a, a mini honduran boom the past couple years mm -hmm. we've had discussions about this previous interviews i was never the biggest fan of honduras my Coming up time in the cigar industry was not, at least in my mind, the best time for Honduras. I smoked a lot of the more traditional, like the original punches, which, you know, very good for the time. This is, you know, like post-boom era. Mm -hmm. The punches, those kind of brands just never tickled my fancy. Prensado definitely changed my opinion on that. But when we smoked the Kintsugi, which I know uses Honduran in it as well. Yeah. And then there's some other other brands as well that are just the past. Like, like I want to say three, three to two to three years. They're getting more out of it. I feel like I feel like Honduran tobacco is, yeah. Again, getting that kind of Nicar those Nicaraguan varieties. We're like, oh, there's a lot of complexity here now. There's stuff going on. Yeah. Have you kind of seen that as well with with Honduras the past few years? Yeah, I think that there's some really good factories and brands that um, are making great Honduran cigars. Um, there's, uh, cigars in general right now are, are we're, 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 at we're, we're at the peak. Yeah. Like, like we're smoking the best cigars always. Like right. it just doesn't really get any better, but yeah, I find that there's tons of Honduran cigars that I'm trying, um, because there's not as many brands in Honduras, um, as Nicaragua or the DR right. as to my knowledge. But, um, I think that there's amazing Honduran cigars and just to, to go off of, 
uh, Rice's Cabanas, who makes Prensado. Um, if you look back at some of the brands that did get some very high ratings and some you know, huge cigars. He had Illusion, mm-hmm. who made the Empernay in Honduras at Rice's Cabanas. I think the Empernay is, I think, my favorite yeah. Illusione, which is, that's saying something. Oh, I mean, it's one of the best of all time. Right. Uh, I think he got number three cigar of the year for yeah. that. Um, you had uh, Viaje come out with, I think it was the Oro Reserva out of Honduras. Uh, that got number two cigar of the year out of Rice's Cabanas. So I think Honduran cigars have, you know, they've made the list. They show that they can be at the top right but the love has always been for nicaragua and for the dr yeah well you know what i i think we're going to see a transition i i hate using the word saturated but it's it's getting there in nicaragua and i'm not talking about the use of nicaraguan tobacco but i'm talking about new factories in nicaragua i'm talking about brands like oh yeah we're we're the most nicaraguan (laughs) thing like i'm like all right keep using the tobacco in your in your blends I honestly don't care where you say your thing comes from as long as the branding is on point and the blend mm-hmm. is on point. But I feel like, like what you said, people, like people are, are really coming forth and they're, they're putting Nicaragua all over their box because just that alone, it's almost like Cuban now. It's like, it's like that's just that alone is a selling point. Correct. Which, yeah, some of our favorite cigars we've been smoking the past couple of years have been, are coming out of Nicaragua, but this is... Top two of the year, and and it's and it's a Honduran, which brings me to kind of our our, our close up here. Mm-hmm. You know, summer's coming. This is this is the time of of releases and announcing what's new, um, and especially after the past terrible year and a half, a lot of people have had a lot of people are excited for like, all right, let's see what what new changes in the industry. Can you give us any hints on what Alec Bradley, Alec and Bradley might be might be uh, bringing out this summer? So. Something that we've talked about and announced is the uh, PCA attendee-only Magic Toast box press. Mm. Um, Magic Toast has been a huge brand for us. People seem to really love that Maduro wrapper. Um, you know, it's just got this unique sweetness, and we wanted to bring something different, so we wanted to give it uh, give it a box press, which people seem to love. Um, and then I can't say exactly what it is, but what I'm going to say is that it's very cool. It's awesome, it's unique, it's different. It's so Alec Bradley that you're gonna want to smoke this cigar and you're gonna wanna have this cigar and you're gonna need this cigar. I mean, you're, you're teasing me here, but I'm gonna let you just tease me. I'm not gonna push you for any more details. It's not Dateline. I'm gonna let you fly off with that one. Now, I did ask you before and you kind of explained, but I would like you to explain again because I think it's a really great point. Yeah. I asked you if you guys were releasing any new Alec and Bradleys this mm-hmm. year. Can you tell everyone what you kind of, how you yeah. explained it to me? Because I think it's awesome. Yeah, so what I told Nick is that we're not currently planning on releasing anything new for Alec and Bradley. And the reasoning why is that we had just released Kintsugi in December or November late November of, of... It was late November. Late, okay. We he, know. He remembers. Late November of, of 2020, so it's only been around for, you know, six, seven months, um, and we're still catching up on Gatekeeper production after getting number seven Cigar of the Year, and we want to focus on our three brands before we start to push new stuff out. We want to give the love and attention and focus to what's currently out uh, in the market for us and not jump ahead to new stuff. And we know new things are what's popular. Everyone wants new, new, new. But we want to make sure that these brands are here to stay. And we want to give them the focus and attention that they deserve. That was beautifully said. How, much, how many you. times did you rehearse that? Uh, just every night before I go to sleep. 
So I, I think you make a very good point. I think it's, and correct me if I'm wrong, and this is not, I'm not trying to insult people who do this, but I think it's easy to release something new. Because new, you're guaranteed a certain amount of sales because people are just going to be interested in trying it. Mm -hmm. Before the reviews come out, before there's any kind of, you know, rumor going around, they just want to try it. But making something consistent and then keeping an eye on it for a year to make sure it's consistent. And then if you're getting some kind of customer feedback, making whatever tweaks you have to make, I think is way more important in how you establish a, a foundation, like a solid foundation for your brand. So... And again, not to, I, I love new cigars. I love, you know, it's my job to like, like the new stuff. <laughs> exactly. But I think that's a great way to look at it because honestly, coming down to it, releasing something new is, is easy and that like, you're guaranteed to, to see a jump in sales for the first few months. Yeah. But taking your time, establishing a brand, giving it the love it deserves in both the retail stores, online, that's how you solidify and make like like a brand that is known for years, and that's what I think. What you, I mean, definitely we have a gatekeeper already, mm -hmm. and I think that's what you have with Kintsugi. I mean, it's just a beautiful cigar, and it's not what you have with Wagyu because there's not that many of them, <laughs> no. and they're only available at JRCigars.com. So I, there's probably not going to be any left. Me and me and Greg are going to buy them all. We're going to go to a steak dinner. On, Christine, am I, am Christine I, Street. Am I invited? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sweet. Still Christine Street. She's buying for us. But, Bradley, I want to thank you so much for having us down here, man. This has been absolutely awesome. Um, unfortunately, the other members of the Rubin family couldn't make it, but we got the most mustachioed one right here, so we're happy. But we would love to have you up whenever you guys are in the, in the New Jersey area. Um, I guess we got to paint. we gotta, we got to do something. Make it, <laughs> we gotta, we got to mimic this, this awesomeness. But it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your work on this. This means so much to me. It means so much to our company right. celebrating this anniversary with such an exceptional cigar and just keep doing what you're doing, man. Thank you really much. Thanks very man. much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks everyone out there. Make sure to like comment and subscribe. Check out jrcigars.com. Check out the entire Alec Bradley line and the entire Alec N Bradley line and uh, keep smoking.